and welcome back to Hook of a Book. I'm your host, Ellie Mayno, age 14, and for the 143rd official episode of Hook of a Book, I'll be reviewing one of my favorite YA romances with tons of music references, The Do-Over, written by Lynn Painter. Lynn Painter is the author of the super-famous YA rom-com Better Than the Movies, which I reviewed on an earlier episode. I love her books so much, and The Do-Over might be my favorite out of the two I've read. I'm so excited for her newest release, Betting on You, which comes out on November 23rd. The Do-Over is an engaging time-loop romance that was so much fun to read. One thing I love about both Better Than the Movies and The Do-Over is that they have playlists in the back. That's one of my favorite things that can be in a book, and I'm super happy that the playlist has a lot of Taylor Swift songs. I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm a huge Swifty. The Do-Over references one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs a bunch, The Last Great American Dynasty, and that's so exciting to read. Let me read you a summary of The Do-Over right now. High school junior Emily Hornby is pretty excited for Valentine's Day this year. She can't wait to celebrate this special day with her boyfriend, Josh. However, Valentine's Day turns out to be a total disaster, especially when Emily catches Josh cheating on her with another girl. How can he do this to her on Valentine's Day? Emily is devastated. When things at home take a chaotic turn, she heads to her grandmother's house for some consolement. She ends up falling asleep there, but when she wakes up, she's back in her own bed at her own house. That's pretty weird, but what's even weirder is that everything from yesterday seems to be repeating itself today. It can't be Valentine's Day again, right? That's impossible. But it seems to be true. Valentine's Day has repeated itself, and it only seems to be happening to Emily. She's pretty confused and also annoyed because she has to relive all of the awful events from yesterday again. Hopefully this is just a fluke and she can go back to normal tomorrow. However, when she wakes up, it's Valentine's Day again. Emily begins to attempt to change the outcome of today, but all of the disasters from the first Valentine's Day seem to be occurring no matter what she does. For example, she can't stop running into her chemistry partner, Nick Stark, who always ends up giving her a ride to school. Emily and Nick have never really hit it off, and every day Emily just wants to escape the inevitable time where she'll run into Nick. It soon becomes clear that Valentine's Day is not going to stop repeating itself, no matter how many times Emily tries to change the outcome. She's always been a people pleaser, but when each day repeats itself and nobody remembers the day before, Emily begins to realize that she can let loose a little. Nothing from today will matter tomorrow. Until it does. When the do-overs stop coming, Emily has to face the consequences of her actions and the fact that she and Nick might be more compatible than she thought. I really love books with time loops in them. One of my favorite books growing up was Eleven Birthdays, which I reviewed on an earlier episode. The do-over felt like an older version of Eleven Birthdays with a little more romance. Lynn Painter is such a talented author. I'm definitely going to read all of her future young adult releases. I'm literally counting down the days until her next book is released. Let me read you a passage from The Do-Over right now. I didn't believe in fate and karma and that sort of nonsense, but I also didn't know how to explain what was happening. 
Somehow, I was reliving the same day for a third time. What if these repeating Valentine's Days weren't a karmic punishment for something I did in a past life or some other horrible reason? What if they're a gift, an opportunity to write a day that went so wrong? It was worth a shot, right? Yes, that's what I was going to do. I worked through all of it in my mind while I took a shower. Fast because of Joel's potty needs, of course. Ticking off all the things I needed to correct from the previous day. Then I created a new to-do list. To-do list. February 14th. Again. Avoid wrecking car. Avoid scholarship meeting in counselor's office. Ensure Josh and Macy cannot kiss. Convince dad that he doesn't want to move to Texas. How hard could all of that be, right? After I showered, I slid into my lucky plaid dress. It wasn't new and adorable like the shirt dress from the original Valentine's Day, but if I needed the luck of the dress that had scored me my highest ACT score, it was today. I paired it with tights and my boots, warmer than the day before but still cute, and headed for the door. As I drove toward the school, I was hyper-focused on the snow-slushed road. My phone was nestled deep in my bag, my hands carefully placed at ten and two. I was traveling in the left-hand lane, whereas I'd been in the right on the other days, so I was all set up to not crash into Nick Stark. Taylor Swift was singing about Coney Island while I drove as carefully as a student driver on test day. It was imperative, in my opinion, that I rectify this easiest of complications. Traffic was moving pretty well in spite of the snow, and I started to relax once I passed the intersection where I'd hit him the day before. Step one of my plan, not totaling my car, was complete. I could almost feel the tension draining out of me when, all of a sudden, a huge semi-truck blasted past on my right, shooting slush all over my windshield, totally blinding me. Dang it! I hit the brakes as I flipped on the wipers, but my tires locked on the packed snow and I couldn't stop. In an instant, I saw everything as my window cleared. My car, sliding into the right lane because I had to jerk the wheel to avoid oncoming traffic, sliding directly toward the pickup truck in the other lane. Crap, crap, crap! I mashed my foot on the brake, but it was no use. I slammed into that vehicle, harder than I'd hit the day before, actually moving it as I rammed the side of the truck bed. No, 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 no! As my car jerked to a stop, I was staring directly at a truck that looked exactly like Nick Stark's truck. What the heck, universe? I chose to read that passage to you because it takes place when Emily is getting really sick of her days repeating, and she's unable to stop running into Nick. Quite literally, running into. The Do-Over is such a fun book to read, and I've been so excited to review it. Lynn Painter's ability to craft a cute romance is unmatched. Hey, do you know what time it is? It's time for Some Things You Need to Know Before Reading This Book. So, in the do-over, there is some profanity as well as some romantic references. It's a super engaging YA romance, and I'd recommend it for ages 12 and up. Now, it's time for the last segment on Hook of a Book, What Emotion. You know the rules. Okay, drum roll please. The emotion I felt when finishing this book was... Wowed. I was blown away by how good the do-over was, and I couldn't wait to review it on the show. Thank you guys so much for listening to Hook of a Book this week. If you have a book you want me to review on the show, 
You can email me at hookofabookpodcast at gmail.com or leave your request in a comment on Spotify. You can also send in a voice message that might be featured on a future episode. The links are in the episode description. To stay up to date with all things Hook of a Book related, you can check out Hook of a Book's Instagram. Sometimes additional book recommendations that aren't on the show will be featured there. The link is in the podcast description. Have a great week, you guys, and keep on reading. Ellie out. Thank you.